Coffee Break, where Helena comes to talk. I am Troy Shockley, and this is the Coffee Break Podcast. Thanks for joining our chat today. Coffee Break brought to you by Cochrane Insurance. Helena Public School Superintendent Tyler Ream, our guest. Tyler, it looks like we made it to winter. <laughs> we did. Like in a week, we made it to yeah. winter. <laughs> Congratulations. You made it through another season. <laughs> it was a short one, right? <laughs> how uh, how you doing over there? Good. I mean, I, every day is uh, a new opportunity. Um, something new arises uh, almost every day, and so and there are usually things that we haven't seen before. Um, so it's a it's a it's one of those definitely a problem solving type of year, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, and I don't want to spend a huge amount of time on it, but I mean, we did recently talk about you making that decision to step down after the end of the school year, and I guess that's kind of had some time now to sit and sink in and marinate a little bit. I mean, how, how are you feeling about that all now? That's a good question. I, I don't know. You know, it should have, right? It should have been able to marinate and sit. Um, I think things have been so busy. Uh, yeah. I, it probably hasn't sunk in as much, right? I, every once in a while, I remember <laughs> that, oh, yeah, right. you know, come June 30, I, I'm not the superintendent. But, uh, you know, for now um, and, and for this school year, I, I'm firmly committed to, you know, being part of this team that, that gets through this um, very unusual 2021 school year. Yeah, it's going to have a huge asterisk next to uh, this school year pretty much everywhere, isn't it? I think it is. I, we were, I was talking with a, another Montana superintendent yesterday, and we were talking about the number of dissertations and studies that will be done on decisions that were made or are being made right now uh, for, you know, for decades. Um, I think this is just going to be one of those years uh, from education, healthcare, economy, et cetera. It is an anomaly in every regard. Um, and, uh, and I think it'll be studied for a long time to come. Yeah. We've talked about how there's no class, you know, there was no course on this in school. There may be at least a chapter on this, uh, pretty soon, huh? Yeah. It'll be really interesting to see how, you know, leadership courses at the university level and others take into account different leadership styles and, and, and how decisions were made, uh, during this pandemic. Um, because I, I do think it is, it's kind of a, a going to be one of those textbook things around problem solving for problems <laughs> that you've never imagined yeah. existed. Um, these, these are things that we, we saw in movies and documentaries and, and heard, you know, folks that are in the infectious diseases realm talk about the possibility of it. Um, but we never thought necessarily that it would be something that's ever present in our community. Um, and, and I think that's true probably of every community across the country. Helena Public School Superintendent Tyler Ream with us today, and it's certainly been a different year, a lot of challenges, a lot of obstacles, and no one, like you said, no one really anticipated this stuff. I mean, how do you think Helena Public Schools are doing here? I, I think it's a great question. Uh, it's something that uh, I, I ponder, and I think, you know, every parent and, and educator probably ponders um, every single day. I think it, it really depends on what the measure is, right? So, mm. Um, you know, from a consistency standpoint, I would have thought back in August that we probably would have phased up by now. We were certainly uh, poised to phase up in September um, and, and had hit a, you know, from a, a virus standpoint in the community, a fairly low consistent point. And so we were certainly thinking about it and had every intention and plans to phase up and 
um, and, and actually went to the board with the metrics and, and talked about it. Um, and, uh, and, and then, you know, thankfully we had some of our partners in healthcare say, hold on, we wouldn't suggest that you phase up. Something's happening across the state. It was just the beginning of kind of this current trend in cases. But they said something's happening across the state and Lewis and Clark County is not a bubble. Uh, and what, what happens around us is going to impact us. So they suggested that we sit before we make any announcements and before we, you know, even discuss formally uh, anything permanent uh, in that regard. And uh, they were they were right to do that. I was thankful for their insight because literally by the end of that week, I think we were um, counting 32 cases mm -hmm. that Friday in our in our county, and uh, and have been fairly high by comparison in Lewis and Clark since then, um, and across certainly across the state. So, um, so I mean, it it has been consistent in that regard. I think more consistent. In some ways, than than what I wanted. I, I really wanted to get into phase two by now. Yeah, um, but uh, but we're not there. Yeah, but behind the scenes, I mean, I think we see it from the outside, and things seem like well, they're moving along, things are going okay. But you know, behind the scenes, it sounds like obviously a lot of meetings, a lot of conversations. A lot of conversations. I'm very thankful, like you mentioned earlier. Um, I I'm, I missed every course in this, right? right. I, I took a, a fair number of college courses, but I never took one in this regard. So um, I am very thankful for people who have a background in this and who can look at the data, state, you know, local, maybe even national, and say, here's what we think is going to happen, or here's what we see happening, and, and here's how we think or suggest that um, you consider this from a school standpoint. Um, really thankful for those opportunities, and they happen on on a weekly basis, sometimes on a daily basis. Um, and I know that we're one part of the community. I know that um, their time is valuable, and they certainly are very generous with that time and 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 their their insight uh, to answer questions that probably seem very trivial trivial to them, um, but are really important for helping us understand. Uh, what role we play in, in making sure that our students, our employees, and families and communities stay safe and healthy. Helena yeah, Public School Superintendent Tyler Ream with us on Coffee Break today, and now he gets to start worrying about the road report on top of all that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we, we, we're tracking something coming in tomorrow, right? Mm -hmm. and, and certainly um, we're a little surprised, uh, I think, especially on kind of the south end of the county, um, the amount of snow that we got over the weekend. So. Uh, thankfully, the buses are kind of ever ready uh, in that regard, and uh, and so we were we were able to to make a go of it yesterday. It was a little icy, but we were able to make a go of it. Well, as you mentioned, Tyler, I mean, still of course the same phase as when we started the school year. I think everyone can understand looking at the numbers that we're not really about to move into the next phase, are we? We're not. I I haven't you know literally I haven't talked to somebody in healthcare that works as a regular partner of ours who, who says we think it's a really good idea for you to abandon physical distancing in the classroom and, and go ahead and put all students in for five days a week. Um, I know that there is certainly a segment of our community and certainly our parent population and, and, and many you know teachers and educators in some regard that, that say, hey, I, I'm ready for this. Um, I, I want this to go back to as normal as possible. Um, and, and that's part of the reason why the model for for phasing that we have developed uses metrics. Uh, it uses the, the data that's taking place or occurring naturally within our community on a weekly basis. 
but also takes into account the more qualitative side of the data in terms of what health officials and health professionals are saying about what schools should be thinking about. Um, and, and we've asked that question, you know, probably consecutively for, I don't know, probably over a month now. Uh, and, and nobody that I work with has said, yeah, we really think abandoning physical distancing at this point yeah. is, a, is a good thing for our community. Um, we've been impacted by cases. Um, we probably, you know, we, we have cases that we report uh, every day uh, that are associated with our schools. Um, but thankfully, those are cases where the virus transmission occurred beyond school. Um, and, and so right now, uh, we've really been able to keep school-associated contacts low. And what that means for our students and staff is um, any quarantines associated with school contacts have been minimal. Now, we've been impacted certainly by quarantines, but they've been associated with cases where the transmission occurred outside of school. Yeah, I mean, when we talk about numbers, I think the latest number I saw from yesterday, 31 total cases, either students or staff members who, who tested positive this school year, 16 of them over the last two weeks, and frankly, that's not a bad number. It, that first week was striking in, in some regard, right? I mean, so we were tracking a number of potential cases uh, throughout that first weekend. It was probably three weekends ago now. Um, and that first week, half of those, roughly half mm -hmm. of the, the total that you just referenced occurred in the first roughly six days. Um, and, uh, and then the following week was, was a bit lighter in that regard. And then uh, last week, I believe we had uh, nine cases that we reported, um, sorry, 10 cases that we reported last week in association with our school. But again, those are students or staff who are attending school um, or are employed in school and attend uh, in person, right? So right, right. Um, if they've had any contact with school, thankfully, um, you know, a lot of those, most of those, we've been able to know exactly where the virus transmission occurred. It's a sibling and the other sibling tested positive a week ago. Therefore, that sibling's been quarantined and hasn't been in school for over a week. Um, and so in those situations, I'm really thankful uh, for the parents and their decisions to go ahead and follow the quarantine orders because what it's done is, is really uh, eliminate any possibility of of that transmission occurring in school. Yeah, I mean, so it sounds like measures that are being taken are, are being successful, and, and that takes a lot of different groups of people working together in order to uh, to make that thing effective, including, as you said, parents, students. There's a lot of groups working together to make this thing work. Totally agree, right? We worked for the entire summer to come up with what I think is a really good plan, and it's been the foundation of kind of our efforts moving forward, but like any good plan, it takes implementation, right? It takes people to buy in and say, yes, we don't, you know, it's not comfortable necessarily or at least normal to wear a mask for eight hours, but we're going to do it because it's the right thing to do for ourselves and those around us. Um, we're going to adhere to physical distancing, even if it's not kind of our natural norm, um, especially in school. And so my hat's off to our teachers, um, you know, a real, a kind of professional support staff, our administrators, facilities, transportation, um, really everybody that has bought in to say we need to do everything we can as an entire district, as a team, to ensure that we can provide the safest 
environment possible for ourselves, for our students, and for our families. And, and I'm really thankful for that because this is tiring, and I could completely understand why somebody would say, I'm tired of wearing this mask. Mm -hmm. um, or let's go ahead and take a mask-free day. You know, we've been together for, you know, two months now. Let's take a mask-free day. Um, but when we do that, um, the, the, the potential exists, and we've seen these clusters of cases um, within our community and certainly across our state where, where people said, let's just make this decision for now. Let's, you know, and, and it ended up harming, you know, not just the people associated with that decision, but, but their loved ones and others. And so um, I'm really thankful for my colleagues, for our parents, uh, and certainly for our students, because again, this is not what they expected, what is natural for them in terms of school, yet they've done a terrific job. Yeah. So we talked about how the, the fact that we've not moved the, you know, forward in phases, but what about the other side of that? I mean, is there a point where we move back as a phase and what is sort of the, is that a, you know, when you see it or is there some sort of benchmark? That's the, that's the more current discussion that we're mm -hmm. having, yeah. you know, with health officials and health professionals. Um, as opposed to phasing up, we're actually having that discussion to say, listen, the metrics are actually showing up in the red, which is suggesting that we even that we need to talk about is it time to phase down? Do we have enough virus transmission? What we've been told in that regard um, continuously for about two weeks now is that that would be true. That would be a decision that that health professionals would want us to make if they were seeing schools as a source of virus transmission. And, and they're not. They're seeing other aspects and within our community as a source for virus transmission. Schools actually not. And in fact, one uh, health partner that we work with actually said, it appears based on the numbers right now that, that students are actually much safer in school and, and, that, and that having things like a holiday um, can actually be detrimental to overall community health. So the more consistent and the more that students are in school in this phase one, it seems to be that that virus transmission, especially in the Helena Public Schools, is really low by comparison. So, um, so they're actually saying no. Um, but if that were to change, if 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 there were reported clusters and an ongoing transmission, it's certainly something that that we would need to do. Um, it's always you know, in the in the kind of realm of possibility that we consider all of these things within the school year, it's part of our plan. We said we were going to consider, you know, four phases based on what the, the virus was doing. But we're also very clear about we're going to take into account the feedback that we're receiving for those that, that this is their kind of area of expertise. Um, and right now they're just not saying that that the schools are a source, and I'm thankful for that. Helena Public School Superintendent Tyler Rehm with us on Coffee Break today. And uh, if I don't make myself do it, we're going to keep chatting and just uh, chat right through our commercial break. So we're going to go ahead. We'll take a quick break, give Tyler a uh, chance to breathe, but then we're going to uh, we're going to grill him some more coming up after this. I just wanted to step away from the show for a few seconds to tell you that if you miss an episode, you can always catch up. We're on iTunes, so find our show there or swing by coffeebreak959.podbean.com. Local and area events, city, state, and national officials, your neighbors doing incredible things. We talk to them all on Coffee Break, where Helena comes to talk. In 
today's always-on world, your business demands a simpler approach to network security. At Blackfoot Communications, we deliver state-of-the-art security solutions from the perimeter to endpoint devices and remote data backup for businesses across Montana. Ensure your company's network is online all the time. For more information, visit goblackfoot.com security. Welcome back in. This is Coffee Break. I'm Troy Shockley, and we've got Helena Public School Superintendent Tyler Ream with us on the phone today. And uh, Tyler, in terms of engagement, because we are still in that phase where we've got kids at home half the week, there's some kids that are just home all the time. And uh, I know at the end of last year when we switched to this thing, that was a concern of how do we keep these kids still engaged when they're not in the classroom? It, is, is that happening? I know that's a little bit hard to quantify, but what are you hearing from your teachers? So it is a little bit hard to quantify, right? I mean, it really is based on, on feedback received from, from not only teachers, but parents as well. Um, certain students obviously respond to certain environments. I think we've known that to be true in education for a long time. And that's one of the things associated with the research around remote learning is that it works for a subset of students. It doesn't work for other subsets of students, especially those that are more um, social in that regard or uh, may have a learning style more akin to being in the classroom. And so it, 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 it differs based on the student, based on the family. Um, in terms of the overall engagement, in, in terms of keeping students um, aligned and involved in school on a regular basis, that's better than it was in the spring. And I think during the spring, we had this unusual situation occur where we were closed and it was announced for two weeks and it was going to be the next two weeks and I think there was in some regard um, a mindset that occurred in some of our students where well this, this is going to be like a two-week vacation, mm -hmm. two-week break from school and then I'll get caught up and and then two weeks became three weeks, became four weeks, became six and, and all of a sudden you're looking at a mountain of assignments and things like that um, that, that could be pretty intimidating to, to students in terms of being able to finish that by the end of the semester. Um, it's my understanding, you know, again, based on, on feedback, um, largely from our amazing educators, that, that that really hasn't been the case so much um, this year uh, as opposed to the students that they're, they're more involved, they're better tracking those things, but getting those assignments in and getting them done on time tends to vary still because um, it's not one of those environments where, okay, it's Tuesday and this is due on Wednesday and I'll see you for this on Thursday. There's still variation in that environment. And so, um, you know, I know that PowerSchool is getting a workout in terms of parents and students logging in and checking on missed assignments and what do I need to turn in and, and when was that due and things like that. Um, so I think all of that is, again, it's a, it's a big shift from the normal uh, five-day-a-week um, environment that we're used to. Tyler, what about athletics? I mean, again, it's sort of a so far so good situation there for the most part, but, uh, you know, that, that a bit of a hot button issue when we started the school year and we are pushing back the upcoming sports a little bit in, in terms of, I guess, when that'll start, right? We are, and that's a decision uh, that um, MHSA has, has made with regards to the winter sports season uh, to push back a few weeks. Um, you know, in terms of the fall sports season, for us, I think it has gone fairly well. Um, we have not seen, and I'm thankful for this and kind of knock on wood, we haven't seen cases impact our 
teams the way that other districts have. And you kind of see that on a weekly basis um, in association with the number of games that have been lost or teams that have entire teams that have been quarantined for, you know, two plus weeks. And, and that's been a real, I mean, you see it in, in organizations like the NFL that certainly have access to far more resources than high school sports teams do uh, in this regard. And so uh, we've seen some significant impacts across the state uh, in terms of the fall season, and, and but for locally, in terms of our, our Helena teams, um, we've had a fairly consistent, uh, you know, season in terms of, of fall sports, and we have a few weeks left for volleyball, soccer playoffs is ongoing. We got crosstown football uh, followed this Friday, followed by the playoffs starting the following week. So I'm optimistic and hopeful uh, that we'll get through this fall season without any significant impacts. So just a, a, attendance-wise, fan-wise, I know we talked about it being a little bit of a fluid situation, but uh, a bit of a warning from the health department a little bit back about fans wearing masks. Uh, overall, I mean, are, are, are you hearing positive things from, from your folks running those events? Yes, I mean, and, and, and it has really all along where they have said, you know, a vast majority of, of you know, parents and, and family members that are attending the games are wearing masks, are keeping the physical distancing. I am not wild, uh, quite honestly, about um, our employees having to be in the stands running around asking people to, to wear a mask. Um, you know, I think that's something that in terms of a responsibility that we all accept when we say we're going to go to the game, um, is that we're going to wear a mask and we're going to keep to physical distancing. Um, and so for the most part, I have been very thankful. Um, you know, we received a warning letter from Lewis and Clark Public Health. Uh, I know that they have kind of a, a complaint system that's in place. Um, and it's not just for schools by any means. It's, it's just in general. Um, and they received a number of concerns. Uh, we don't know the nature of those concerns. We don't know where those concerns um, occurred, um, how they occurred, which field, which uh, game, which date even. Um, and so all that we could do is really put out a reminder, and I think it was relatively well received uh, by a large percentage of our, our families and parents, um, just as a reminder to say, hey, this is, this is what we, we're, we've agreed to do, and this is an important aspect of, of, of making sure that we have every, um, that we've kind of crossed off everything to keep you know, the environment as safe as possible in association with our sports. And, and all along my priority, and I think I share this priority with uh, other employees, Tim McMahon, certainly our athletic director and our coaches, our priority has been opportunities for kids. That's going to remain our, our priority. We're going to do everything we can to make sure that our, our student athletes have the opportunities that, that, they, um, that they want to have in association with their, their sports or their activities. And so um, that's going to continue to be what, what drives us in terms of making the decisions that we need to make. Are we making the decisions that are right for our, for our kids? School Superintendent Tyler Ream, our guest today. We've got a few minutes left with him, and uh, you mentioned it's all about getting that opportunity for those kids to uh, perform, to compete. Um, and, and part of that, we came up with that two tickets per participant number, non-transferable, that sort of thing. Is that going to remain? I mean, is that the plan that we've sort of settled on going forward for when we get into winter sports and that, or is that something that's being looked at? So I can't necessarily speak from a county health side in terms of what they're considering. Um, I don't imagine, given the, you know, the case counts that right now um, they're considering a significant change to the 250 max. 
um, we have been at that 250 max for um, this fall season. And so what it had, the impact for us is that we had to be very careful about how we align those tickets. And so the home team uh, traditionally got two tickets, and then obviously everybody else associated with that, that home game, right? So we have cheer, we have dance, um, and, and all of those families deserve the same opportunity. And then we were able to allocate those the remaining tickets really to the visiting team, which for the visiting team, it wasn't necessarily the same number of tickets that they might have received uh, in visiting in a different school district or a different county because they might have received less than you know, 90 tickets or something like that that they would have expected if they're dressing out, you know, 45 football players. Um, it's obviously been a, a lot easier in that regard for uh, football is our largest sport, and so in terms of participants, um, so it's been a lot easier in terms of volleyball, golf, soccer, etc. Um, we do have the expectation that we have equity and alignment in terms of sports. So we're not in a position where we can say, volleyball, you get 10 tickets per participant, football, you get two, or dance, you get one ticket per participant, uh, football players get three. Um, I think everybody understands that we need to have uh, alignment and are expected to have alignment in that regard in terms of, of equity across sports, across activities, et cetera. Um, I don't know what will change, if anything will change going into the winter sports. Um, and I do know that MHSA is um, looking carefully at those winter sports. Um, obviously, from a virus transmission standpoint, there are two sports um, that I can think of off the top of my head that, um, that from a national perspective, have been listed as some of the higher risk sports uh, in terms of wrestling and, and basketball. So um, I think it's something that they're certainly cognizant of. Uh, and doing everything possible to make sure that, that we can provide a season that's going to be safe for our student-athletes and, again, our coaches and families. Tyler, you got, uh, you got one minute left before we have to head on out of here. What's your, uh, what's your parting message today for the listeners? So my parting message is, is really, again, to say thank you. Um, I know that none of us wanted this virus. None of us wanted this pandemic. I have yet to meet the person that says I'm having a blast um, this pandemic is so much fun. I think it is physically, emotionally, um, perhaps spiritually challenging every single day. Um, but I continue to be very thankful for um, just the, the cooperation, the general understanding, the you know kind messages, uh, the support. Um, because again, I know it's it's frustrating in in many ways. Um, you know, I, I have two young boys, um, and and they require, um, you know, teaching and learning beyond the traditional school day as well. Um, and so I know this is really challenging for families, but I continue to be very thankful for um, all that our families are doing, our educators, everybody that's associated with the Helena Public Schools makes me very proud on a daily basis, and I'm very grateful. Tyler, you nailed it. We'll see you back here on Coffee Break tomorrow. I'm Troy Shockley, and that's it for Coffee Break today. Be sure to check us out on iTunes. Head on over. Give us a review there. That's always much appreciated. Or swing by coffeebreak959.podbean.com. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you back here tomorrow.